Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, please press like and subscribe. I am beyond honored to be joined by Laura Bates, who is the founder of Everyday Sexism, which I'm sure many of you will be aware of, but please do look it up if you haven't, as well as an author, writer, many, many hats, I would say, Laura. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. swear um, thanks for talking talking to me. I mean, so for those I'm sure who I mean I was gonna say who don't know, I'm not not sure unless people have been living under a rock or lost their internet connection, <laughs> they'll be familiar with the horrendous misogyny which was on display on the hard right channel GB News, directed at <laughs> Ava Evans, um, a journalist, brilliant journalist at joe.co.uk. And uh that involved Lawrence Fox and Dan Wooten. Mm. Um one of the things I just want to ask you to just begin with is just this question of it being I mean, if we look at an example of a systemic issue rather yeah. than because a lot of people are going well this is Lawrence Fox or maybe and Dan Wharton but it's quite interesting that a Lawrence Fox throwing his colleagues into a bus um mm. which is very welcome um uh there's no honor amongst thieves but they th he showed that the producer had been shown in advance the line of the argument um, anyone who just looks at Lawrence Fox's feed is aware of who he is. So GB News is obviously aware of who Lawrence Fox is and how he behaves. So I'm just interested in your take, just firstly, when people go, well, this is, uh, you know, this is just Lawrence Fox, outrageous. We all agree and unite about how awful this is. Mm -hmm. what, what, do you th what do you think about that? I think it just suggests that this is an isolated incident and it's not, it's systemic. You know, you only have to look at the even more mainstream media to see how completely legitimised and widespread this is. Look at the publication of the column where Jeremy Clarkson fantasised about parading Meghan Markle down the street naked and pelting her with excrement. Look at the story about Angela Rayner um, supposedly crossing and uncrossing her legs to distract the Prime Minister. I mean, it's just completely unfettered, misogynistic bias and it is across the mainstream press you know it's not limited to one platform and it's not limited to one man there is this completely legitimized institutional misogyny in our media that that really then further kind of emboldens what's happening online where things are even more extreme I mean, do you think one of the dangers one of the many dangers of an incident like this is you know we've all seen on our Twitter feeds, various journalists from lots of publications condemning. And obviously, yes. uh, you know, and then people might say, well, that's understandable. That's good. People are condemning it. But it allows other media organizations to whitewash their own reputations because they can go, we're not as extreme as that, are we? And so it shifts what's seen as, you know, because they can go, this is what misogyny is. What we do is clearly different. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it helps the likes of the Sun or the Mail to launder their reputations um, by, by way of contrast. 
Yeah, I mean, it comes in many forms and there are absolutely people who will engage in slightly more sanitized versions of misogyny who will also try to use this to distance themselves and kind of paint themselves as perfect. That's definitely something that we see frequently. I mean, it's this concept that actually incels are obsessed with called the Overton window, the idea of kind of the window of what is socially acceptable discourse, what you can get away with in the public sphere. And they constantly are celebrating in their kind of forums and their online spaces whenever they feel that that Overton window has been widened. So they talked about it a lot around Trump and the way in which he said things that kind of were previously unsayable and then still was voted into the most powerful office in the world and that that kind of widened the capacity for this really extreme discourse online to see that little bit less extreme. And they see it as a real tool of their radicalization because it's easier for them to recruit young people into extreme misogyny online and then for that to be a conduit to the far right and to white supremacy if what they're seeing in the mainstream isn't really that different. One of the things that I thought about when these comments were made is what many women in the media have told me over the last few years, which is sometimes thinking about when they're asked to grow on broadcast, whether it's worth getting inundated with the misogyny that they will then get on their Twitter feeds and on social media messages, emails, often focused on their physical appearance or on issues about for example, which is what Lawrence Fox was talking about, whether they would whether they would deign to have sex with them, that kind of thing. Um, you know, just extreme misogyny. And I'm just interested in that as a kind of a, attempt by men to intimidate women out of public life. And that actually that's, you know, by the kind of sexual humiliation, essentially. And that that's what Lawrence Fox was doing, but that's something which is a widespread phenomenon, which many women when they think about just something if they're in the media they have to think about when they're expressing an opinion for example totally i mean 100 percent is it crosses your mind every time you decide am i going to agree to go and do this interview have i got three days to wade through bile and death threats afterwards which is just not something that a male commentator has to consider i remember a great example of this i went on sky news to talk about misogyny and i came home and the very first email that i got when i opened my laptop was i've just seen you on sky news i'd like to use your hair as handlebars and rape you until you die And that is just, you know, one of thousands. And it is exactly what you say. It's a form of silencing and it's an age old form of silencing, right? I wouldn't have sex with you. Therefore, you don't deserve to have an opinion. This kind of sexual shame, this misogyny. And the problem is that it's not in any way limited to these mainstream platforms. It's the tip of the iceberg. But what it does mean is that it legitimizes it and normalizes it elsewhere. So I think you've got this generation of young people who are so frequently derided as kind of politically apathetic or disengaged. And of course, the reality is that they are simply disillusioned with mainstream politics. They're incredibly politically engaged. It's just that they're engaging in a different way, particularly they're engaging online. And there are these online spaces where young people are learning to cut their teeth in political debate. Mm. And if girls are being driven from those spaces, and in particular girls of colour, in particular disabled young women, you know, anybody who's at those intersections of different forms of prejudice but black women in particular 
then what we're seeing is that those voices we most desperately need in that political space are being driven out of it. And I think there's a real risk that we are going to see a knock-on impact in political representation coming down the line that is a kind of hidden time bomb that people aren't seeing coming. And we're already seeing it. We're already seeing female MPs standing down much earlier than you would expect in a country where only a third of our MPs are women to begin with and openly citing abuse as part of the reason why they're stepping down. So we should be seeing this as a political crisis and mainstream media should be playing a role in trying to tackle it, not fanning the flames. Just on that, and just on that interplay between, I suppose, the the old the mainstream media in terms of you know media outlets, newspapers, yeah. TV stations, and social media, yeah. in that you'll get these this particular horrendous incident, and then that is almost like a red uh, a green light or or, yeah. or or an excuse, I suppose. I mean, it's it's relentless for for obviously generally, it's not like yeah, yeah. Uh, these these individuals take a day off. But you'll, you know, I can see with Ava at the moment. You know, if I dip into Twitter, she's been bombarded by yeah. the most horrendous, extreme abuse, threats, the rest of it. it. So it's this kind of, kind of this horrible ecosystem where you get a mainstream media outlet, which is unfortunately what GB News is, and then that it, it's kind of incitement um, and leads to a whole range of a second because she dealt with that the first incident, and then that triggers a whole wave of something else. Absolutely. And it just gives that permission. And it's deliberate. You know, it's not an accident. That doesn't happen by coincidence. These guys know exactly what they're doing when they throw out those kind of wolf whistle, um, those references to the things that they know that that online mob will immediately jump on. When he talked about her being a little woman who's been spoon fed oppression. I mean, that was playing completely into the language of all of this culture wars, nonsense, you know, woke feminism gone mad, me too as a witch hunt against men. Um, men being the real victims of oppression in today's society, like all of that, Lawrence Fox knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly what the response would be. And he knew that he would reap rewards from it, right? So like, I think that's a big part of the problem. Whatever sanctions are placed on him by GB News, he's been suspended or whatever, he will reap greater rewards from the support and approval of that online mob who have been radicalized into extreme misogyny on a really vast scale by algorithmically facilitated radicalization, then he will be cost in whatever sanction the mainstream media places on him. And that's a real problem. I saw one of the people who came to support, well, express their support was, was Andrew Tate. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
And there was a poll yesterday by YouGov, um, which asked boys aged 6 to 15 about their views about Andrew Tate. And, <laughs> you know, as this, I mean, you know, there was... the. You, some might have pointed optimistically to evidence that both feminism and the gay rights movement have changed men for the better over the last few generations yeah. um, in, in various different ways. Um, men are more likely to talk about feelings than they used to, more likely to have female friends as equals more like, and, and gay friends, um, more likely to spend more time with their children, even though women still do the vast majority of unpaid labour in their house. But, I mean, you look at some of these figures and it is alarming about... Yeah the next generation so you know 17 percent of six to 15 year old boys have a positive view so one in six boys aged six to 15 have a positive view around Tate, who's an extreme unapologetic rampant misogynist yeah i'm just interested in what 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 you think in terms of because lawrence fox and andrew tate have these followings amongst yeah. men and i'm just wondering what how do you understand that phenomenon in terms of young men and what's radicalizing them in this form of misogyny yeah. Well, it's partly a form of grooming. You know, they are using quite sophisticated techniques online, using algorithms, using cultural touch points and memes and gifts to present this as irony and jokes and banter. They are presenting it as counterculture, which is so ironic because it is so squarely and firmly outdated in terms of the stereotypes that they're actually kind of portraying. They're portraying it as a kind of fight back against a mainstream world that is set up against men and boys. And the only reason I think they are able to do that is because the mainstream media has played into those narratives now for so many years you know you had the today program asking if me too was a witch hunt you had newsnight doing this bizarre program about the battle of the sexes where at one point they asked if um, a man touching a woman uh, on the elbow to let her know that she dropped something might be considered sexual assault the mainstream media has got so much to answer for because it has allowed this kind of whipping up of fear and hatred and i think that's what andrew tate and his ilk are capitalizing on, but they are also on steroids in terms of their reach because of this completely unfettered, unregulated social media access to teenage boys via algorithm. If you think that, you know, misogyny has always existed, this backlash has always existed to social justice progress. But Andrew Tate's content has had 11.6 billion views on TikTok alone, more than the number of people on the planet. So this is happening faster and to a more extreme degree than ever before. It's happening to a generation of digital natives who are being parented and educated by a generation of non-digital natives who are running to catch up. It's a generation who haven't been given any of the kind of basic skills of internet literacy, source skepticism, um, issues around consent and relationships and gender stereotypes that they deserve because of an education system that's failed to do that. And we're now seeing a kind of perfect storm of what the impact of that is. And we need to recognise it as radicalisation. You know, these are boys being groomed online into hatred of a particular demographic group. In this particular case, that group is women. It has a massive overlap with the far right, with white supremacy and with other forms of extremism. And we've just got to recognise that because if we don't see this as radicalisation and extremism, we're going to continue to see horrifying cases like the one we've seen in Croydon this week, where violence against young women is becoming normalised in boys' lives. One of the things I just wanted to ask you was, I mean, in the last few years, we've had attempts to make, for example, anti-white racism a thing. And, you know, there's, yeah. I remember, you know, this expression be, um, about gay rights. Oh, gay people have more rights than normal people. Now, that yeah. um, And there's also, you can see, a particular attempt to make anti-man 
hatred yeah. or misan misandry yeah. a thing. And I've seen that in the response to the Lawrence Fox episode and yeah. his supporters trying to uh, defend Lawrence Fox's behavior by saying, Ava Evans hates men, she's anti-man, all the rest of it. Yeah. And I just wondered for, for people who, who maybe don't understand why, I mean, yeah. say anti-right racism, all the rest of it, why yeah. talking about, you know, well, men have suffered prejudice as well for being men and why that doesn't make sense given how society is structured. So I think there's two things to say. The first thing is that men do suffer a great deal from all of the kind of outdated, restrictive gender stereotypes that feminists are trying to fight, like that feminism would be enormously beneficial for men, whereas the reality of the kind of narrative that guys like Andrew Tate, who are self-styled saviours of men and the only people standing up for men, are proven to be part of what is hurting and killing men. So, you know, for example, the male suicide rate, three times higher than it is for women, very, very clear evidence that that comes from gender stereotypes, forcing boys into not feeling able to talk about their feelings, men not feeling able to get mental health support when they're in crisis. Already by the time you reach university, fewer than a third of the counselling services offered by unis are accessed by male students. So the great irony here is that men are suffering and that if you care about that, then you are a feminist, you are talking about the same root problems that we are. And then the other thing I guess I think to say is just it's to help people understand that talking about structural oppression doesn't mean that individual people with privilege within those systems can't have hardship and can't face different major problems. But it means that the ways in which those systems are set up in our society structurally fundamentally make a one sided issue. So this is a deeply gendered issue because of the ways in which our society politically, economically and culturally is systemically prejudiced against women and girls. The fact that just 1.4% of rape cases reported to the police result in a charge or summons, the fact that 56 of our MPs are themselves at the moment under investigation for sexual misconduct and nobody seems to care, the fact that women are only a third of our MPs, that they're only 7 out of 38 Lord Justices of Appeal, 18 out of 108 High Court judges, that they only write a quarter of front page newspaper articles, and so on and so on. If you look at those systems, if you look at the way in which our parliament system is set up and the way in which it actively really discriminates against people with caregiving responsibilities, the majority of whom are women, you start to recognise that these are structural problems that disproportionately impact women and girls. And just finally, I mean, obviously, this is a horrible incident and something which, you know, is just gruesome for, for Ava Evans to go through. Is there any is it is there any kind of like i mean this is trying to look for good from 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 a, from a horrible situation that do you ever get optimism that these can be moments we have these sorts of discussions for example where people can yeah. be educated where people can be galvanized where coalitions can be built do you see anything coming any potential hope coming from that and in terms of the response that you see i think i used to but the truth is that we've just seen so many so-called tipping points and Yes, there's a degree of awareness and there's a degree of public conversation, which is positive. But what we need to see is structural change following that conversation. And that can really only come from gatekeepers. It needs to come from people in positions of power within those institutions that we've talked about. And until we see people really prepared to grapple with the reality of institutional misogyny, institutional racism, institutional prejudice across our media, across our police force, across our criminal justice system, um, across our, our political system, which is really hard to imagine happening when guys are watching porn in Parliament, um, it's hard to imagine that much is going to change. And if anything, the risk is that this just continues to normalise and legitimise 
just how deeply embedded misogyny is in our society. Incredible, not bleak stuff, but incredible stuff from, from Laura's ever. Um, please, everyone, do look up Laura Bates's brilliant books. Uh, just wherever you buy your books, look up Laura Bates and do make sure you get them uh, to continue being educated on these particular on these on these issues. As you can as you can see and hear, very ex unbelievably eloquent and um, uh, just a real tour de force as as ever. So thank you, Laura. Really, really appreciate it. And um, take care. Please like and subscribe, everyone. And big th big big love and thanks to Laura. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.